Have you ever had a goal that just seemed impossible? If so, you've come to the right place. Welcome to Consistent Runner Girls and Notable Peeps, the series that gives attention to remarkable people who are putting on their shoes, doing their best, and believing in the impossible. All my dreams are coming, all my dreams are humming, all my dreams are coming true. Welcome to the Notable Peeps Podcast. Hello, my name's Steph, and today I have with us Rachel Hendrickson. She's a licensed social worker, which is a great accomplishment. I mean, thanks. <laughs> but that's not necessarily our focus today. Correct. The thing that we want to talk about is Rachel will be turning 40 in April. Happy early <laughs> birthday. <laughs> thanks. Thanks so much. <laughs> and she's 40 and she's never been married. And the reason that I love this is Valentine's is coming up. And for all of us that are single Pringles, it can be a hard time. And Rachel and I had an experience in the summer. So we're going to talk a little bit about this. So Rachel, do you want to share a little bit about our experience? We were on a paddle boat. It was very bonding. It was very bonding. We were on a paddle boat with a couple of friends, which P.S. is harder than it seems because we were like the people who were like cranking it for forever and my legs were tired. But it that really hard. has nothing to do with that except to say you were asking like what's our greatest accomplishment. And I probably said something. I don't know. Like, I don't know. I don't still don't even know what I would say necessarily right this Second, I don't know what I would answer today, but at the time I think I was like, oh, I don't know. I got my master's. And then a couple minutes later, I, and I don't know what prompted this. I must've had a conversation with someone. And I think I had just said, I'm not married. I don't, I don't have, I'm not a wife. I don't have kids, which is kind of what I had envisioned for myself. And I am truly happy. And I don't know, again, I don't know what the conversation was, but there must've been something where that was like unusual or stood out to me. And so that was what we talked about. And then here we are. Well, so what Rachel said was she said, (laughs) I'm glad you remember this. She said, I, my proudest accomplishment is that I'm almost 40 and I am not bitter and I'm happy. I did say I'm not bitter. Yeah. That's true. And I, I love that because for any of you that are listening that are single, there are those times where it's like you want to be bitter. Hey, life didn't happen how I wanted. And do you want to share your life plan that you thought would happen after you graduated college? Oh, sure. I will happily do that. So when I went to BYU for my undergrad and I remember I took a class in family science. It's not even a major anymore. That's how old I am. And we had to come up with like, what would our life plan look like? And so it was like, you put down like birth and when you graduated high school and then it was like, okay, like go from there. And my goal was that I wanted to graduate from BYU in April of 2000. I don't know how where you were in 2000, but I was graduating college and that I wanted to get married in August of 2000. And then I wanted to have a baby. I think it was a year and a half later. And then I had like six kids and that that was my world. So I'd probably be done having kids at this point. And here I am 2017 on a different life course. And so plan A didn't happen, but you talk a lot about plan B and what your friend told you about your plan B. Yes. So first of all, this is a shout out to my friend, Tasha. Tasha. Um, hi, Tasha. And we've been friends. I mean, 
she's from back home and so we've been friends for a long time and she's not married and we're about the same age and she just said it like making option b look good and kind of just owning like here's the deal like what I wanted was, yeah, that was like kind of plan A, but how can we embrace and kind of just be present? Like she travels more than like anyone that I know, like her life, she's just awesome and does such amazing things. And I think, but really that fits for any of us. And I, I also just read a book like a few months ago and it's called option B and it's from, well, there's two authors, but one of the authors is Cheryl Sandberg, I think is her name. And she works for Facebook. She's like the VP or something. Anyway, she wrote this book because not long after she had was promoting her other book, she and her husband were on vacation and he dies suddenly. And so there she is, a widow with two kids, kind of re-looking at her life. And so in the book, she kind of phrased it as something like, like she's like, I'm going to kick the crap out of option B. And, and I think that's so applicable then, whether it's like that I'm married or not married or whatever happens in our lives. It's like, this is where I'm at. Like, this is the option of the moment. And so how can I make that stellar? So whatever your option be in life to to be happy in the moment and to make it look good. Totally. So as a social worker, how have the skills that you've learned been able to help you make option B look good? Oh, thanks for suggesting that it makes me look good. Bless your heart. I mean, one of the things that we talk about have been trained or have worked on um, what's called dialectical behavior therapy or DBT. I talk about a few different concepts. One of them that I really like is this idea of mindfulness. You hear that quite a bit nowadays, like they kind of talk about it, but it's really this idea of like being present and in the moment. And I think it's really easy to like, sometimes like this is okay. So for example, I woke up this morning. This doesn't happen to me very often, but for some reason I started thinking about how I was almost 40. I don't even know if it was that, except I was just thinking how I didn't have kids. And I felt sad about that. Like, what if, like, what if I can't have kids? Like, I mean, I'm not dating anyone, let alone married to them and, and have the, poss- you know, I'm just, that's not my, my track right now. And, and what I realize when I do that is number one, it's good to do that. I think it's good to like feel it and own it, kind of feel sad. It doesn't happen very often, but, but separate from that, I think if we can just be like, I've jumped 20 steps ahead. Like that hasn't even happened. Like, let's worry about getting through today. Like, I don't need to sit and like stress myself out about like, who's going to take care of me when I'm old, which is one thought that I have sometimes like, like, if I can be present in the moment, that helps. A couple weeks ago, I was running with my dad, and he was talking to me about Del Carnegie, this book that he was reading. And this really stuck out to me because Del Carnegie talked about how there was this new thing out there called anxiety to replace, like, the word worry. And this was, like, years ago because Del Carnegie was talking about he wrote down, like, his top five worries. And his son was in the war, and he was afraid that he was going to make it. His well had dried up. That, like, shows how long ago it was, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he wasn't making as much money or all these things, and then he found that list a year later and all those things had resolved themselves and and like what you're saying sometimes we get so far ahead into the future and the what ifs and like you're like well what if I don't have anyone to take care of me when I'm old well (laughs) you are like in your prime you're 40 you don't need to worry about that exactly like it's we're so far ahead and it yeah absolutely another thing that I feel like is Rachel wisdom is six months. You just have this phrase that you and your friend, what friend was Kirsten? Shout out to Kirsten. Tell us about the six months. So Kirsten and I have been friends for many years now, and we were having a conversation and talking about how you never know what's right around the corner. And we were talking specifically about marriage and it was the idea that really anyone could be married in six months. Now, I'm not here to debate that because there's some people who then like launch on like this big thing, like you should date all the seasons. I That's not really the point of it. 
it's that you never know what miracle is like right around the corner for you. And so she and I kind of would always say that like anyone can be married in six months and somehow it became this thing like six months. And so, well, that's just really like six months. Like, like we'll like yell that out. And like, I mean, I, I cross stitched it for her for Christmas and it is, I mean, like our families know about like, or she had invited me to do something and I couldn't do something. And, and I know her family really well. And her dad was like, six months and I wasn't even on a date but it's just kind of this thing but I do think it's we just never know what miracle is right around the corner whether it's finding a spouse or job situation or family whatever that looks like whatever our maybe struggle is you just never know what's what's going to happen no it's so true so okay I'm going to be honest here so Rachel and I we recorded this episode a couple weeks ago and then the SD card, something happened with it, and so I record on this little device, and it records to SD card, and then it, like, was corrupted, and so I wasn't able to get the audio from it, so I was like, Rachel, we have to record. But during this time, I had an experience where I got rejected, and, you know, it was just one of those, like, my pride was hurt, and I, I thought about this interview that Rachel and I had had, and two things very specifically the six month thing you know of just you don't know what's going to happen in six months and if I think back to six months ago who I was sad about or crying six months like I don't I don't really care about that you like you move forward like time heals and and then also like the option b life of like making option b look great even though we've talked about this before and we recorded like it's already helped me in my life because I think that sometimes the hard hardest thing in dating is when you don't have an option or you get rejected by someone that you want to date and you feel like there is no hope. Yes. And and even though we live in an area where there's like so many guys that are that have our same values and that like are driven and attractive, sometimes it can feel like it's impossible to click with the right person that they'll like you at the right time and that that things are going to work out. 100%. My friend used to say, oh, I mean, she probably still says it, but she's married now. But especially when she was single, she would be like, marriage is an act of God because it really is like such a miracle sometimes. And you just have to have that hope. Like hope is so powerful. I think we talked before about, I, well, the last time, but I just said this before and I'll say it again, which is that our thoughts are so powerful and that we can just get stuck in this cycle like of, of like doomsday or like this is really hard. And I just think we never know too, like what hardship is getting us to where like what feels hard is really a blessing in disguise. Like I just changed jobs and that has been good and hard. Just the circumstances, it, you know, it's just hard. Change is hard. And I just don't know what wonderful things can come of that. And like so many other things, like you just never know. And so it's just like kind of trusting the process. I think that like things are okay. So how do you like keep that hope if you get rejected? Do you ever get rejected? Ever. <laughs> I never get rejected at all. <laughs> well, pin a rose on your nose, Rachel. Well, clearly I never get rejected because here I am, almost 40, with no spouse. So I, that never happens at all before. I do think, so there's a couple of things. I mean, one of the big things is just, like, we met each other from church, and I, and I do think, like, it's... There's a religious component, a spiritual component, but certainly just in general, it's like trusting the big picture. Like, you know what? Then this is not the right situation for me. Or there's something else. Like I had read a quote when I was like in my late 20s and it was really just about like – about. 
I was talking about like, I don't know what we could accomplish in our life or whatever that looks like. And, and I just, it changed my point of view. Like, you know what, like, this is an opportunity for me. Like I could sit and feel sorry for myself if I want to, but instead, like I want to travel and serve people and be close, you know, be close to my family and have a career. I want to do all of these things. And so sometimes it's just seeing it different. Like, okay, then this is a time for me to grow in a different way. And I think that sometimes having that perspective is hard because we want to stay in our like little pity party and be like, no, like it stinks right now and I don't want to do anything about it. So, which I don't think is bad to like sometimes just feel it, like to kind of to be that a little bit. Cause I think sometimes it's not healthy. You know, I think we've all known people where it's like, I'm fine. I'm totally fine. It doesn't bother me at all. And it's like, like deep down it does. And I think that sometimes there's just, it's okay to be like, you know what, today I'm going to feel it. Like today it's kind of, this is just kind of crappy. I'm annoyed about this today. I'll be better tomorrow. And I can kind of like regroup a little bit. So I heard the best dating analogy the other day and I thought it was from one of my friends when I texted her and I was like, I use your dating analogy all the time. And she's like, it wasn't me. So I I have no clue who is the creator of this. Okay. But have you heard the analogy that dating is like planting trees? No, but I'm excited. Go. Okay. So it's like planting trees and you know, like when you are dating someone, you're putting the miracle grow on it. You're, you're like planting that seed, you're watering it. And letting it grow. And then when things end, you have to dig up those roots and make room for for a new tree. And sometimes you're just in that phase of filling. And you're filling and you're holding on to those roots and you don't really want to, like, uplift them, but you're just, like there sort of on pause you know and sometimes you're like going through and you're like I want to plant this tree I want to plant this tree you know like I was just sitting and thinking that I I tend to kill things like I'm not a very good with like plants so I don't know if that's a good and that's maybe not my most hopeful analogy to use but it's a great analogy you're so right about that I I think one of the things too and and I've learned this a lot over the years and and part of it comes with work but we do have an option. Like we can choose to be miserable if we want to. I mean, I think that some of it is like being proactive a little bit and kind of just sort of deciding like happiness is a choice and finding joy is is a choice. And so if there are things that I can be doing to like feel like, okay, I'm being more proactive in, in dating or even just in general, like in the meantime. So, okay, this is my option B or even C or D or E or whatever letter it is. How can I be finding, like, how can I bring that joy into my life right now? So what are some ways you are more proactive? Well, So, I mean, I think it's a little bit of both. So it is like, I'll go on blind dates or... So set Rachel up if anyone has anyone. So I I think everyone's so different too, because I have some friends that like, everyone tries different stuff. Like some people are really into like online dating or whatever. Um, I am not as much into that. Not that I'm against it. It's just, again, personal preference. Like... I am open to being set up. Like I go to... um, so we, we know each other from church where there's more single people, which allows for that in the situation that we're in. And I think in general too, though, it's also become, how can I build the life that I want right now? Like, how can I become the best version of myself and, and find this joy? So it is like, I, I'm in a job situation. I mean, like I like my career and I like to travel and I, I really try and like connect with like my friendships are really important to me. And so I try and like be connected to people and spend time with my family. We're all spread out. So, I mean, but as much as possible, like really be connected with them, with my nieces and nephews, kind of with everyone. I think it's like incorporating all of that. 
No, what you said about making a life that you love. So there's this dating coach. He's British, Matthew Hussey. I don't know. I've not heard of him, him. but he's uh, his accent's great to listen to. But but he talks about that same thing of creating a life that that you love. So like regardless if you're dating someone or not, that you're just happy and happiness like that's attractive. Very true. Very true. No, it is like we've kind of talked about it. Like, I mean, again, so can I just say this? I was going to mention my age. Like, I'm almost 40. Like, there has been a little bit of this for me where I've never talked so much about my age as I have in like the past few months. And I think like I'm not at the point I wanted to be when I, I mean, I had a different vision of what that would look like. And I think I was kind of sheepish to like talk about it. I was kind of like, I think sometimes too, it's just like saying like, well, it is what it is. I could just like hide away and be sad about it. Or which is like now instead what I'm planning to do is go on vacation and then I'm going to plan a dinner for myself and be like, close friends, come and eat up. You'll be invited. Oh, thank you. When we have hard stuff. Okay. I'm just going to own this. I can't change it. It is what it is. I am aging. I don't, I'm not where I wanted to be. So be it. Like, how can I make this fun and memorable? Why not just go on a podcast and talk about, <laughs> talk about it all. Make your plan B look great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, but I'm so grateful that you came to talk because uh, to be honest, like dating is a hard subject to talk about. And there's been a few episodes that I have talked about dating and it's always like, I just want to edit everything out that I talk about. Like what other people talk about is fine. But anytime I mention it, I just want to edit it all out because it's so vulnerable. And so this is a huge like, vulnerable experience for you to come to share your age first off. And, but, but, and your experience. And so I appreciate it. The more I talk about it, the easier it is to talk about it and the less vulnerable it feels. And so, I mean, I do think that there's power in kind of getting more comfortable in sharing things and, and talking about it because, and I do think obviously like there's a lot lot of people, not just single people, but where we're not living the life that that maybe we envision for ourselves. And so how can you find that joy and happiness regardless? Well, and and don't you think that's like a lifelong thing? Yeah, absolutely. And and the grass is always greener too, right? I mean, like I can't I've had so many people over the years who are like, oh my gosh, you travel or like when my kids are up in the middle of the night, I'll call you because you'll be sound asleep. And it is true. Like I'm not getting up in the middle of the night taking care of kids. Like we all have our things maybe where there's some positives of what's happening and there's hard stuff. And I think far too often, like we just focus on like what the great stuff is in everyone's life. It's like the social media world of like things are perfect. And we all have something like we all maybe have something that isn't going you know, quite as we envisioned. As you talked about grass is greener, can I tell you, this is my analogy. I love, I love it. Actually, I think I've shared it with you before, but so lately I've just been like, you know what? I just want my own grass, like in referring to like a relationship, you know? (laughs) I just want my own grass that I can water and I don't, guys, I don't even like yard work, so I don't know why there's all these seedings. I I kill them, so (laughs) that's cool. I'm like, I just want to build a fence and just focus on my grass and not compare and not be like oh their grass is so much greener their grass is so much more luscious but just like be happy with my little thing of grass I love it and I'm talking about the grass not the (laughs) (laughs) my analogy which I tell to a lot of people is that especially right now that for me dating is like running a marathon which I've never run a marathon you obviously have but you run a half I ran a half marathon that for me actually was a huge accomplishment because like I was that kid growing up that like would run And would be, like, at the back, like, talking and, like, not running fast. And so I did run a half marathon. Thank you. That was very exciting. But I do compare 
dating, especially right now, to running because I feel like, and it's how I describe even being single is like, I've been running, like, it's like flat and like pleasant weather most of the time. I'm on my own running though alone. And I've been running for like 20 plus years and I'm tired. It's finding the energy. Like it's just tiring to not, you're just like constantly running and it's not a bad thing. Again, like I've been so blessed. Like even one time I was like, when my car breaks down or I own a condo, like if something breaks tears, like I'm not a huge crier. And I'm like, like that is so stressful for me. And I like, just think, oh my gosh, it'd be so nice if someone else could help take care of stuff. Even though on the flip side, it's yeah, but I can take care of this. But there are just times where it's, I'm just tired. I'm just tired of the end. And yeah, again, the flip side is, hey, but, but I bought this on my own. And so the end, I don't know. As you're talking about your running analogy, I was just thinking about, you know, we were talking about hope, how it can ripped away. Yes. You go past the water stand and they're like, oh, here's the energy bar. And then they're like, nope, never mind. (laughs) (laughs) Just got so harsh running but it does feel like that and then you just know like there is whatever I was gonna say there's an end in sight but it might not be like it a few years back I remember thinking what if I'm single for forever and I must have been having like a sad day and that that idea just made me feel really sad I want to to live a life I you know that makes me happy and so I just don't I'm gonna figure out something because it's okay then if I don't get married if I don't have kids so be it so when we had talked last time I it was closer to Thanksgiving, but I had told you like there was this moment. So um, I spent Thanksgiving with none of my immediate family lives here with some extended family and they're awesome. And um, but there were so there were a couple of girls there that are like freshmen in college and just darling, like darling. And I look young, like I just got my hair done yeah. today. And she was like, you look 28. And I'm like, oh, that's nice. Um, but so I look young. So I don't know if they like we weren't even at the same table. So we didn't really talk. It was the end of Thanksgiving. The end story is that my one like cousin was asking me about dating. So I kind of looked at these girls and like, was like, Oh, you guys like get excited. I'm 39. I have no husband, like kind of self-deprecating. I think I maybe made it like, hopefully maybe a little funnier, not so creepy, but, but I realized I was like, I had this really quick thought go through my mind. Like I'm really kind of like, there's no need to be embarrassed about this. Like I have a great life. And I think that we have that moment where it doesn't have to be like, so I have, you know, Hey, I have no husband. I'm weird. Like that's not the case at all. And I, and so I think I, I mean, hopefully I recovered nicely, but I even think I was like, and I work here and I do this. And so, yay, I still am dating. Yes. And I have all of this stuff. Like there's not a reason to be ashamed. And why, like, why do we sometimes feel like we have to put like put ourselves down in a light like I I had an experience where I had to speak at church and someone came up to me afterwards and was like you know I've heard you speak and then I like taught a lesson the week before and she was like and both times you just like put yourself down (laughs) and it made me be like and she was just saying because like I feel like I go on these I go on these tangents and I feel like I don't make sense you know and she was just like she's like have like trust that what you're saying is like enough you know and it just was one of those moments where I was like oh that's a good point like I didn't realize I was necessarily doing that but that I think it is those times where you just sort of feel uncomfortable and it's like well I'll make fun of myself before yeah and I think that's totally because I was like when you're saying that I was like yeah, I don't know why like why would I respond with like 
welcome to my life. This is how it is. Like, why would I go there? And I do think maybe it is. There is some like embarrassment. I think I don't want people to like feel sorry for me. Like, I don't want it to be like, oh, what's up? Why? Why is this your life? That's so sad that that's happening. Like, you don't want that. And I think maybe there is a little bit of of embarrassment. And so I cut to the that a little bit more. But again, there's not a reason to be like, part of life is that we all go through stuff. And so we don't need to think of ourselves like that or to figure that other people are thinking that. You know, something that you said there reminded me of um, one of my first interviews. His name was Steven and he got in an accident and was in a wheelchair. And I don't know why I asked him this question. It was sort of blunt, but I was like, how do you deal with like people pitying you? You know, and I, I brought up that like, I I hate at my brother's weddings or whatever. People will be like, oh. How you doing? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and that same thing where because he was in a wheelchair that like people pitied him and he was capable of different things. And I think that is like a natural tendency that we don't want people to feel bad for us. Yeah. What did he say? I listened to it. Do you remember? Um, I I I think what he just said, he's like, you know, he's like, I'm just so busy, like, trying to do my thing that I just don't have time to worry about it. So. Yeah. No, it's so true because, and it is, like, you don't want people to pity you. But I will say this, like, I think maybe it's that you want people to have empathy for you or understanding that things are hard. I'm the only, like, like I said, the immediate family member. I'm, I'm it here. And so holidays I spend a lot by myself. Like I'm going home for Christmas and I, so I don't mean that like invite me over. I mean, people don't, I have a couple of friends that always take care of me. Suzanne and Kirsten in particular, they always watch out for me. And, but, so I'm not saying that, but it is more just like, I think that sometimes things are hard for people and you just like, maybe don't, don't think of it. And like, it's nice to be thought of. I appreciate the people that, that do do that. And then it reminds me like, I probably need to be thinking of like, this is a hard day for people. Like I know some people who haven't been able to have kids and Mother's Day is a really hard day for them. And like, I could be mindful of them or like that people who are just starting back to work, like that's hard for them too. Like, it's not pity. It's not like sad for you, but it's more just like, how can we all be a little bit more aware of each other? So in talking about this empathy, what can people do for their single friends? There was this, there was this blogger, Zach Oates, who wrote a letter from the single people. And it just talked about, it's like, yes, we know that we're single. We know that we're like going to bed alone at night, you know, and all these things. So sorry, Zach Oates, if I'm misquoting, but, but I really, I I think that sometimes I sense, especially my friends that have been married for a long time, that it's like, they don't want to ask me about dating because what if I don't want to talk about, it's like that, the awkward, like taboo If you haven't talked to someone for a while, like your close friends, no, it's fine. But like, so what's your, what's your advice to people of how to talk to their single friends or loved ones or children or. I'm curious what you have to say about this too. I think it's so individualized because I know some people who are like, oh my gosh, don't ask me. And some people are like, do ask me. So maybe I would just say this, just be a friend to people. And I think just in general, does marital status need to make a difference in terms of what you're talking about with your friends? Like, can't we all talk about like, how was your weekend? And like, did you watch that TV show? And like, I don't, did you go to that restaurant? Like, I mean, I just think like we can all be friends with each other and that sometimes there are barriers in place. I went through this period of time, like it was a short few months and I had all these conversations with people and I it was kind of like a time of change in my life. I had just turned 31 and I remember kind of saying to people like, 
oh, I don't really feel like I fit in. And what I thought would happen, like you did, I did get like, oh, Rachel, I'm sorry that you feel like that, you know, like they were saying that, but really what followed was all of these different friends. Like one of my friends was married and couldn't have kids. And one is married and a stay at home mom with, and another one of my friends is like, works full time and was running all over the place with her kids and her husband and everyone was like, Oh, I feel like I don't fit in. And so I just wonder if sometimes if we miss out on kind of compartmentalizing each other and there's just not a reason to do that. Like I have a lot of friends, some of them are married, some of them aren't married, some have kids, some don't, it doesn't really matter. Like, can't we all just be friends with each other? You know, as you were talking, I was thinking, so I, I live at home and sometimes that's something where I'm like, Oh, I'm 32 and I live at home. But one of the greatest blessings that's come out of it is just the friendship that I have with my parents. And a couple of weeks ago with this rejection that I had, you know, like I was super excited about this guy and he wasn't interested and my parents knew how excited I was. And it was just like the most tender thing that when I told them, they were just like, just there for me and gave me like a huge hug and like prayed for me and just were they like when it wasn't anything like he's stupid blah 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 blah, but it was just like they felt that hurt and I think that before I moved home like my parents didn't get it like and and maybe they didn't even think that I went on dates because I want to talk about things but I think that I've been at home now for oh for two years um two and a half and and as they've seen the different guys I've gone out with and the different guys I've gotten excited about and the guys that, that they've gotten excited about with me and then that doesn't work out or, you know, just different things. And it, I'm talking like I'm always the one getting rejected and there's those people that, you know, I'm not interested in either. Like that's how it right. is. Right. But I, I think the, that we've been able to grow closer together. I When you were saying that, I was just thinking too that like I think sometimes I miss the blessings that are like – there's just, there's so much hard stuff in the world. Like you just look at like all around us, there are so, so many difficult things. First of all, like being single is, I don't, for me at least, it's like, there's just a lot of hard stuff out there. I'll take what I'm dealing with because things are good. My life's good. But even with that, I just think like there's so many blessings. Like if I had gotten married, even like two years ago or something, I, we wouldn't know each other. Like I wouldn't have these friendships that I have, or I've had these experiences that I would never have had another way. And I just think like, that's the truth with like you living with your parents. Like that's a different relationship that you are able to have with them now. And what a blessing I'm sure that is. No, it really is. And so, so I think that you definitely have a point that when, that when we open up and say like, Hey, I'm struggling and I can watch out for single people, but it's not just about that. Like, how is everyone else doing? Like, how's my family doing? Like, how are people doing? I think the more aware we are of each other, the better life is and aware of our blessings because I think that's at least that helps me it's such a support so before we started recording I was like Rachel why aren't you married you did say that (laughs) and and I said that back to you P.S. on the record you're the checklist so I just would like to know what are you looking for in a guy You can look at her Instagram. It's Rachel Hendrickson. Okay, thanks. You can have a picture of me out there. I mean, I don't know. Like, Katie said it well. I thought she just said, like, how important, how important, like, religion is for her. And, and that is true. Like, that's a huge thing. Like, honestly, some guy that, like, thinks I'm funny. And I think he's funny, too. Like, humor's funny. And I, like, I don't know, smart, nice. 
I think I think less about like, do we have the exact same interest? Like the older I get, like, I think when I was younger, I was like, oh, that's really cool if we like the same stuff or like, oh, I don't do that. And it's like, I just don't know that that really matters anymore. Like you can like anything or whatever, but can you just be a nice person? (laughs) Please be nice to people. The end. No. And with the interesting, I think I told you about how Jill was at a party with two of her guy friends. Yay. Hi, Jill. <laughs> yeah. And um, <laughs> you gave a was shout out a to Tasha. Yeah. I wanted to give a shout out to Jill. <laughs> oh, yes, Jill. Um, and that they were talking to this girl and she could tell that like these guys are into this girl until she said that she didn't like to hike. And then like they didn't have interest. But this girl, whoever you are, strange girl, not strange girl, um, whoever you are, a random girl at this party, like I've thought of you so much. And this is like a story I heard from someone else. But anyways, thank you for standing up and being an example because she said to these guys, she said, you know, I don't love hiking, but it doesn't matter because whoever I marry, like, he can go hiking with his buddies, and I will be there when he comes home, and I'll have soup for him, and I'll be excited to hear all about his adventure and be that support. And I just look at that. I love that. And and I think that's so great that we don't have to have the same hobbies, but that we can support each other and and but like at the same time some hobbies might be important like that's true like I look at that I want a permanent running buddy like I think that that would be just so great to have someone that to always go running with um yeah I agree that that random girl sounds really cool and that those guys missed out and that's me and skiing I'm not really into skiing but I'm not really into it I mean I'm not into skiing I've been a couple of times I just was like, it's expensive and cold and, but I like other stuff. So I think, you know, so yeah, I guess gentlemen listening to this right now. I mean, I like to snowshoe. Does that count? I do like to hike. I do snowshoe before. Yes, please do. Okay. In fact, I just got new snowshoes at Costco. So I have, do you have a pair? I have a second pair. Oh, okay. Then we don't need to. Santa brought them for me a couple years ago. Oh, Santa's so great like that. (laughs) Santa might've actually gotten me something like that. Oh, like a sleeping bag too. I needed like a new sleeping bag. I had one that got stolen, but now I have If we were really hardcore, we could do a camping snowshoe. It is so true. I have a couple of like girlfriends that really are hardcore like that. I don't want to camp in the cold either. Yeah, it doesn't sound fun to me No, I just am like, oh my gosh, I'm so bad for warmth. Um, But I liked what you said that you don't have to have the, the same interest. Yeah. You can like different stuff. It's okay. I had a thought after that, but it totally just left my brain. I hate that one. I know. Like, it was something about it, and I can't remember. Oh, I know what it was, but it might not flow, but I'll say it anyway. So when we were talking about it, it was making me think, like, I was having this conversation with a guy at church not long ago, and we're, like, good friends. Like, um, he's been – he dates – he's dating someone else. Anyways, but he was like, how old are you? Like, he's like, why don't – I don't understand why, like, you don't have – you're not – like dating someone and ditto to this random guy at church I don't either but then he also <laughs> told me that like he's like I mean guys aren't probably aren't gonna date someone that's that's older than them so I'm like sitting here <laughs> going like oh my window's closing but again that's just negative thinking like yeah. I don't need to think of it like that like I would date someone younger than me and I mean that's all but I that was what I was thinking of is like oh like but I think you hear random stuff and then it kind of gets stuck in your head and then I like psych myself out and I don't George Clooney was a single bachelor for a long time that's true are we comparing me to George Clooney (laughs) well I was just saying like there's there's studs like George Clooney out there still around oh that's true I'll be older than George Clooney I actually also think that like the I call it the Clooney principle like I think that that's really true oh I didn't even realize you have a Clooney I have a Clooney well it's really just this like everyone was always like George Clooney and he was like 
like he was never going to get married again. And then he met the right person. And then he was like all over that, I guess. I mean, he's married now, so I guess it would appear like that. But he did all these interviews before and was like, no, I'm not going to get married. And I think um, all it takes is one. And you just want it to be the right one. Six months. Six months. That would be my parting words to everyone. (laughs) Six months. Well, on that note, you guys, six months, you can, (laughs) you never know. (laughs) Actually, okay, confession here. Okay, go. Um, My goal for 2018, now this might sound crazy, but I have on my list of five goals to get married. And okay, I'm putting it out there. I'm putting it out there that like, yes, I know involves another person's choice. And yes, I know that that's like a huge goal and everything. But, but here's my reasoning for it. I feel like I having it out there, I'm going to do my part. So my part is I'm like, okay, when I am in a situation with single men, I'm going up and talking to two or three men that I find attractive, which at first is super scary. But now that I'm doing it, I'm like, why have I not been doing this for a while? Why have I just been doing the dating apps? I love that so much. I seriously do, because then really that is a nice addition to six months in that. Like, I mean, I think part of it is like, believe in miracles and do your part. Yeah. And so, so honestly... If it's the end of 2018 and I'm not married, I know it just won't be the right timing and that's okay. But for this year, I'm going to do my part to make that happen. If it doesn't happen, that's okay because option B, I'm going to make that the best option that I can as well. And you never know. Six more months, 2019. No, I was going to say 2018, <laughs> six months, but we could go 2019 or 2020. I mean, let's you know, just keep going. It does, it six months. Matter. It's never too late for it's never anything. Too late. So, <laughs> so guys, on that note, remember to put on your shoes, do your best, and believe in the impossible. You never know what's going to happen in six months. Thanks for listening. All my dreams are coming. All my dreams are humming. All my dreams are coming true. Thank you so much for pushing play and listening to this episode. For more information about today's guests, head on over to NotablePeeps.com. And while you're there, make sure to submit your nomination for who would be a great guest on the Notable Peeps podcast.